You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. to this church since May of uh, 2021. The road that me and my wife were on was pretty much a road to nowhere. We felt uh, that there was an emptiness there. We felt that we're searching for uh, something to fill that void. And until um, we came to know Jesus and have him put first back in our lives is when um, great things started happening in our life. I was raised with with a mother that had that that structure in the church. So it was like, basically, you live under this house, these are the rules you're going to follow, and those rules are, you're going to go to church. And now I'm so grateful for that because it's like, I am the person now because of what she did to me when I was younger. And of course, once you leave home, you think you got all the answers and you want to leave and you think you're going to know it all and do it all and you got all the answers. But no, I did. I went astray. And, uh, and gratefully, but the grace of God is that he called me back. And uh, I'm so grateful that myself and my wife are now on this journey. And it's like bonded us even better and stronger and not only is she my wife, my friend, my soulmate, but she's my wife within Christ. So that means a whole lot more to me now. So before um, us knowing Christ, we, our marriage, I would say, was in turmoil. You know, we were on the verge of, of not lasting until we both decided to take the road um, together and make that change in and receiving Christ in our lives. I've owned uh, several Harleys before, and we always used to be out there at the bars, bar hopping, drinking, and uh, that one night came where we lost a real good friend of ours in a motorcycle accident. And uh, that day was a big wake-up call for myself and my wife, and it was like, we put ourselves in their shoes and we're like, that could have been us. That could have been where we left our children without a mother and a father. And uh, that played a big part for us in that role and making that change and putting God first back in, in everything and all that we do now. 2019 of February, I was baptized. And since then I have to say that my life has gone way up and I am so thankful and every day I count my blessings and want to be a better version of a wife, mom, and a grandmother to my kids. I would just say that anybody who's maybe searching or maybe looking for answers, you know, about who God is or what he's about, I mean, no matter what you're going through, he's always going to forgive you. He is a forgiving God. He loves you no matter what. He's not going to judge you for your past. 
you know, you just have to surrender and, and give your life to him. And he's going to, he's going to be there to comfort you and, and guide you and lead you in right directions and, and comfort you, you know, in any way that you're feeling that you need to be comforted or, you know, the answers that you're searching for. If we could be a testimony to anybody and the road that we were once on, and if anybody out there knows us, and if it could change us to the people he's made us now today, yeah, he's, he's got all the answers. You just got to give that time. You got to take that step. Yeah. <clears throat> Powerful what God can do. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of a testimony. So I want for you to go uh, to John's Gospel, if you have your Bibles, or your smart device with your Bible app, uh, chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 20 or 19 through about 28. As you're going there in your, in your Bible, I want to kind of share a couple things, celebrate things as you're going there uh, to the scripture, it's also going to be on your handout, and it'll be on the screen, so no worries if you don't have uh, a Bible. We have one for you as we, as we go there with a, with a screen and everything. But I want to celebrate some things. First of all, I want to celebrate that we completed on Friday 21 days of prayer. 21 days of prayer. Now, that doesn't mean we stop praying that just means that those that were getting up at 7 a.m. or getting to the church at 7 a.m., uh, we, we won't do that every day. We'll do it on Tuesdays, so if you're still invited to come and, uh, and pray with us. And I just believe that, that God heard us in heaven and he's moving in all of those focuses that we had. So thank God for us doing that. Also, I, I, I think I need to celebrate. Uh, we're winding down with our uh, year-end campaign from uh, 2021 into 2022. R1K, reach 1,000 people. We're believing for that. And uh, we're going to begin to tally everything up as, uh, as we get into the last Sunday, which will be next Sunday. Um, but... I want to extend a, a, a thank you to everyone who has given, first of all. There's about, uh, so far, what we've tallied up is a little bit above 42,000 that's come in. So we can give God a big applause for that. Um, there's, some, there's some stock that came in. And so we're going we're gonna to get all that added up. And whenever, whenever that's done, then we'll, we'll, we'll bring the, the whole tally. But if you haven't given and you want to still give... Um, you know, we invite you to do so because here's the thing. It's not about how much you give. It's all of us giving together. Amen? And that's how the work of God is, is, is worked out. It's all of us uh, working together for one purpose, and that one purpose is to glorify Jesus and to win people to the Lord. And if you're here and you're new, I want you to know this. No pressure for anyone to give. We give cheerfully and with the love of God. And so don't feel any pressure at all. You're a gift to us by being here. So let's go to the, let's go to the text now. So the power of a testimony. And I thank Johnny and Angela. What, what a wonderful testimony they gave of the, the power of God working in their life. Uh, so this is what it says in, in verse 19 in John's gospel. This is the testimony of John. 
He's talking about John the Baptist. The apostle John is writing about John the Baptist. He says, when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And I would circle that. You know, if you write in your Bible, I would circle that because that's an important thing for us to always know. Who are you? Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. So the whole thrust of, of, of John the Baptist was, I'm a man, but I'm not the man. Amen? Tell your neighbor that. I am a woman or a man, but I'm not the man. Who's the man? I, I, that's very weak. Who's the man? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, right? So he said, I am not the Christ. Then they asked him, what then, are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. The prophet was the one that Moses foretold about, that he said, there will come a prophet after me, listen to him. He was talking about Jesus. Uh, Elijah was going to come and be a forerunner for the Christ, and Jesus testified about John and said, this is Elijah who was to come. But Elijah himself said, I'm just, I'm just, amen. Then verse 22, then they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. And that's powerful right there because how many of us would testify to say, I am a voice for God? Uh, Johnny and Angela were a voice for God this morning, right? I'm a voice crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. And verse 24 says, now they had been sent from the Pharisees, from the religious leaders. And they asked him and said to him, why then are you baptizing? That's how we understand from the text. That is John the Baptist, right? He was baptizing. Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. What authority do you have? And John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan, Jordan where John was baptizing. There's a lot of good things to take away from from that text. I've got three takeaways that I want for you to consider. I've got three things that I think will help you as you walk and live your life this week. Here's the first takeaway. Everyone has a testimony. Everyone. Our testimony may be one that's lived out that says you live for God. Your testimony may be one that says you don't live for God, but you have a testimony. People are watching you. They're, they're, they're looking at your life. Your, your life will either point people to God or it might drive people away from God. I don't know about you, but I want my life to point people to Jesus. I want for, for, for my life to make people better because Jesus makes us better. It makes marriages stronger when you have Christ in your life. Not only do you have a powerful testimony, which you do, 
But each one of us has a unique testimony. So my life will speak to other people's lives better than some of you. But your life will speak to other people's life better than mine. Because your unique testimony has been shaped by God to make a difference in somebody's life. And usually it's your circle of influence because the people that hang around with you, they want to hang around with you. I'm not talking about your family. As my, as my parents used to say, your family's given to you. You're stuck with them, but your friends you can choose. Right? That's why you're, when your Aunt Matilda comes, you're like, oh, my goodness, here she comes. So the word says this is a testimony of John. John had a unique testimony. And when the Jews sent the priests and the Levites to him from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? Now, I, I want you to, to consider this question, who are you? Because the way you answer that question, the way that you live out the answer is your testimony. Did you know that? You might say you believe something, you might profess to be a Christ follower, but you will live out what you believe. So, so as, we, as we consider that, I, I, I really want for you, if you're watching online, I want you to think about this, who are you? It's so important that we understand who we are. And our testimony is shaped in three ways. Three facets that shape our testimony. The first way that we shape our testimony is the way that we speak. Our words shape our testimony. We, we are known by the way that we talk. Would you agree with me? This is the testimony of John. Look at what verse 20 says. What did he do? He, he confessed. Part of John's testimony is what came out of his mouth. A, a part of your testimony is what comes out of your mouth. Do you confess Jesus or do you only talk about him in church? Do you sing about Jesus throughout the week or do you only sing about him in church? John confessed and did not deny. And this is what he confessed. I love that. Do we deny the Lord or do we stand with the Lord? Do we, do we speak blessings or do we speak curses? The Bible says that life and death are in the tongue. How many of you believe that there's a lot of power in what you say? Let me give you some examples. Any of you ever said I do when you walked down the aisle? And when you, when you said I do, you did. And then a week later, two weeks later, not, not you guys, second service maybe. Yeah, you guys would never have said three weeks later, what did I do when I said I do? Who is this person that I married, Right? Our words have so much power, and they, they, they shape our testimony. 
John the Baptist always confessed this, I am not the man. I am a man, but I'm not the man. That is so important for us to realize. I, I am a, a, a Hispanic, Mexicano. Have you noticed that? We are raised to be machismos. We can do it. Just ask us. But I came to the place in my life where I realized that I can't do it without God. I, I came to the place in my life that I realized that I am a man, just like a lot of other men, but I need the man in my life. And so John the Baptist came to the place in his life that he understood that he needed to testify about the man. And let me tell you, that changes your life. When you begin to testify about the man, when you pray to the man, you're testifying with your words that you need him. When you say, our father who art in heaven, you're speaking about your father in heaven who's over everything. When you say, your kingdom come and your will be done, you're declaring that, that you're saying, I'm going to take second precedent in my day and give you first priority over my day. And there's power in that. There's, there's power when we confess. He was talking uh, about uh, Elijah, and he was talking about, with Elijah, let's just stop. Jesus said he came in the spirit of Elijah. But John, the Baptist, in his, in his earthly state as he's walking, he, he always settled with his mind and with his words that, that he was nothing great, that there was one greater than, than him who was coming, who was amongst them. That helps us, beloved. He talked about the prophet. The, the, the prophet was from Moses' words. He said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet. This is from Deuteronomy 18.15. The Lord your God will raise up uh, uh, for you a prophet like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him. He was talking about Jesus. And Moses' words were powerful. They were waiting for this one. Just like your words are powerful. And can I tell you something? This is for someone this week. When we stop denying the Lord, he begins to be, become powerful in our life. When we, when we stop ignoring that we're supposed to share the Lord, that we're supposed to tell people about the Lord... That not only do we sing praises to his name, but we declare his name in our lives. Things begin to happen that only God can do. My words are a powerful testimony of who I am. Your words are a powerful testimony of who you are. Because the majority of my words will speak about what's in my heart. If you listen to the way that people speak, that's what's inside. So what defiles you is not what comes in, but what comes out. Jesus talking to the multitude, he said, he said that 
You know, it's not what you take in that will make you unclean. It's what comes out. And then the disciples asked him, explain this to us. And this is what he said. He said in, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 18, he says, the words you speak, they come from the, from the heart. That's what defiles you. He said, from, from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. If you want to know what's in your heart, examine your words. This week, do, do a self-examination of what's coming out of here, and then you'll see what's in here. And if there's things that are coming out that don't align themselves with what? With this, then we uh, say, Lord, I'm going to submit myself to your word. And I want for your word to begin to be embedded in my heart so that your word will begin to come out of my my mouth, because that will be my testimony as the word dwells in our heart. Now, the second thing that shapes our, our, our character, that shapes our testimony, is our actions. I, I heard someone say this one time. Actions speak louder than words. Now, you need to know this. You're not saved by the way that you act but the way that you behave can open up doors or close doors from other people coming to God. Are you with me? The way that you behave at work, the way that you behave at home, when we don't have to put on a, a front, you know, when we come to church, we kind of put on our best faces, and all of us fall short of the glory of God. Starting with the one who's speaking right now, we all fall short of the glory of God, but let me tell you something, God's always working on our actions He's always working on our behavior because he understands that the way that we act can open up a door for people to come to Jesus. People don't care about how much you know. People don't even care about how much you say. People care about how much you care. The way that we act shows either the, the love of God, the compassion of God, or it's going to show selfishness and the things that we do in ourselves. This is what Jesus, uh, uh, actually the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Rome, he said, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. So in other words, the world is always trying to shape us into its mold. Amen? It's always trying to make us like itself. He said, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. And the way that you're going to become a new person is by changing the way that you what? The way that you think, because the biggest battle that we have is in between our ears. I, I said this at the end of the year. I said, what I'm working on in 2022, my greatest thing to work on is my mind. It's to get mental health. When you deal with things constantly, your mind is being, being bombarded with all kinds of stuff. If you don't get your mind cleansed and aligned with God, it can take you places. It'll lead your body places that you don't want to go. So the way that you transform your life is changing the way that you think. And that battle that's going on in our minds, in fact, I'm going to do a series on this uh, in, in, you know, after Easter. I'm going to do a series on how do we transform our mind? How do we win the battle for our mind? 
Because we can through Jesus. He says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You need to know that the ways of the world are opposite of the ways of God. And, and, and Johnny and Angela, your testimony was powerful because you shared that. You shared that we were going in an opposite direction of God. I was headed in an opposite direction of God when I turned around and came to Jesus. That's why repentance is so important. Repentance isn't a bad word. It just means you're going to turn around. You're walking this way. You make a 180. You walk the other way. You walk back to God. You're thinking this way, now you change your mind 180 and you begin to put your mind on the things of God. You begin to allow your actions to be shaped by the word of truth. His word is a lamp unto my feet to keep me from stumbling. Now we're not perfect. John the Baptist was not perfect. Only Jesus is perfect, but he chose, John the Baptist chose to act in a way that pointed people to Jesus. I myself, I say it all, this, all the time, I am not perfect. I understand that, but I choose to behave in a way that brings glory to God. And because Jesus is 100% truth and because Jesus loves me so much and he dwells in me, he's 100% grace, he never stops working on James Reese. He's never done with me. And I thank him for that. I am a, a whip, W-I-P, I am a work in progress. Not a wimp. <laughs> what you talking about, right? A whip. We're a work in progress. God is always. And we can choose to allow the Holy Spirit to transform the way that we behave. By renewing our minds with truth. By renewing our hearts with grace. It's a big word. It's called sanctification. It's a progressive sanctification that God set me apart when I believed he, 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 he brought me, he, he washed me, he cleansed me. I'm perfectly holy because he cleansed me through his blood, that blood that was shed at Calvary. He put me in a place where I am sanctified positionally. So I am positioned, I am now seated with Christ in the heavenlies. I am set apart for him. But now he begins to work on me progressively and he begins to sanctify me every day. Every day he's making me different. And when I stumble and I fall and that happens, he's there to pick me up and say, don't quit. Because he's the one who began a good work in me and he will complete it until the finished work of Christ. The third, the third takeaway that, that, that uh, we all have a, a testimony, everyone has a testimony, is shaped by our life. This is so important. Because have you ever heard someone say, my kids are my life? Anyone? My kids are my life. They will shape your testimony. In fact, when your kids are your life, when your kids leave the home, your life ends. Have you ever heard someone say, my, my spouse, my, my husband is, is my life. My wife is my life. And then when the enemy comes and there's, 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 you go into shambles, you go into difficulty, your life gets rattled. A, a lot of people live their life for their careers. 
I knew people like that working, working underground in management and, and these individuals. They lived for the mind. They lived for the accolades of people saying, you're amazing. You're amazing at what you do. But when the mind shut down, their life ended because their life was in an occupation. But Jesus said this. He said, there's a thief that comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And then he said this in John 10, 10. But I've come to give you life. And that life that I'm going to give you is an abundant life. Hear me now. Now, if you have the life of Christ, then he brings balance into everything else. Then your testimony is that because of Jesus, you're a, a wonderful parent. And when your kids leave, you understand that from the word of truth, they're supposed to leave. Someone applaud when the kids leave. Ah. And then they come back with more. And we're happy with the more, right? Or, 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 when, or when, you know, when Jesus becomes our life, then our marriage becomes complete. Because we understand that we should love our wives the way Christ loved the church. And wives understand that they should respect their husband and submit to him the way that the church submits to Jesus. And he completes us. And, and when you have an occupation, you understand that that's just something that you do. That's not who you are. Can I tell you that I'm a pastor by calling, but that's not who I am. I'm a child of God who's been set apart that whether I speak or don't speak, if, my, if I get cancer in my, in my vocal cords or if something happens, if I have an accident and I can't talk anymore, that will not change who I am. I will always be a child of the living God. And that shapes our testimony. That, that speaks to us about, about understanding that we all have this. Uh, Jesus in John 15, he said this. He said, I am the vine. You are the branches. Now, the vine is where the life is. Amen? The, the vine is what gives life to the branches. So you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. In other words, your actions will change. They will give a testimony of you being in Christ. And then he said, apart from me, you can do, and let's say it in Spanish, you can do nada. Let's say it on this side of the tracks, naranjas. Nothing. We can do nothing without God. We can do nothing without Jesus. And, and your life in Christ will shape your testimony and you will produce much fruit. Let me ask you a question. Do you want to make a difference in people's lives? Do you want your testimony to speak about your relationship with the one who gave you life? The one who gives you abundance. God wants to do things in your life that, that will, will help people, not hurt people. For, for you to come alongside and for you to give them something that they could never have without God. That's what you had. That's the power of your testimony. That's what John the Baptist had. And he was beheaded. Because a young girl danced for the king. And she shook the thing. I don't know. 
But he said, I'll give you, you know, I'll get to, to her mom, I'll give you even up to half the kingdom. And you know what they asked for? John's head. But his testimony keeps going forward. Here, here's your second takeaway. So the first takeaway is everyone has a testimony. Your second takeaway is do you own your testimony? Do you own it? Because no one can own it for you. You can't own my testimony. You can't live my life out for, for me. Have you ever tried to live your life out for your kids? You know, you just, if you guys just make these choices, it'll be a lot easier for you. If you just, you know, I've done that. It doesn't work. Anyone, does, raise your hand if you've, done, if you've said that. You know, your, your kids, oh, praise, bless you. If you, man, there's a lot of people that didn't raise their hand. Man, whoo, please give a parenting class. Because <laughs> my kids don't listen for nothing. You own your testimony. In other words, God called you to be you. There was a time in my early walk because there was a beautiful, wonderful mentor that came into my life that I tried to shape my, my testimony around him. And God said, you will never be effective being him. You will only be effective being you. You're not called to be James Reese. Thank God for that. You're called to be you. They asked John, who are you? Tell us. We want to give an answer. That's, that's powerful. Because there were people asking about him. Because he had a testimony. You ever had someone asking about you? Oh, I have. They're asking questions about James Reese. But the only people that know who James Reese are the people that are close to me. Amen? They know who I am. And the one that really knows me is guess who? Me. Well, my wife knows me. But the one that knows you is you and God. When you own your testimony, you begin to own the reality that, that, that uh, you know, God called you to do something. John, you know, God called him to be a baptizer, and he did it well. That wasn't who he was, but that's what he did. It became a testimony to the power of God. But God's calling you to do something. He has uniquely shaped you to be a testimony for his glory. John said this, he said, I am the voice of one calling out in the wilderness. And I'm going to make straight the way of the Lord. He said, I'm going to do it. And it shaped his testimony. And, 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 and he called John the Baptist to, to be the voice introducing people to Jesus. But for you, it might be to be a greeter and you point people to their seats where they're going to hear the good news about Jesus Christ. And what you do when you, when you greet them, when they come in and you smile. 
good to have you. They'll remember that because that might be the only smile they had all week. And you point them to the place where they experienced Jesus for the first time. For other, for other uh, God has shaped your testimony to point people or, or youth to Jesus. And, and you look at youth and, and you tell them, God has a wonderful plan for your life. And he loves you so much. And you're so unique. He cares about you. And the world is telling them all kinds. The world is telling them things that are so different than what God wants to, them to hear. And you point these people. How many of us in here are called to work with youth there's, there's, there's someone that God has called you to be a testimony to children. And for you to go in there and to get on the floor with them and, and laugh with them. Because you do it with your grandchildren already anyways. And you laugh with your grandchildren. And you, hey, how's it going? Your grandchildren, they call and they say, hey, hey, grandpa, were you on the tractor this week? And, you know, grandpa's been on the tractor. He's been driving in the farm and, and the ranch, and it's so awesome. And grandkids, they just think you're their hero. But could you imagine if you were to do that with other kids and you point them to Jesus at a very young age? Because the statistics say that when a child comes to Jesus and they come greater than adults, that they'll walk with him forever. So you begin to allow God to shape your testimony. Oh, man, this is a good one right here. How about the nursery? How about the nursery? Well, I raised my kids. I raised my grandkids. What about that mother that's got three little ones? And they try to come to church, but their kids, they just don't let them hear the message. And you say, what? You say I want to be that loving person with the love of Christ that's going to sit in the nursery with these babies. And when that mom comes in, for the first time, she's going to get her soul quieted with the worship. And then she's going to hear a message and she's going to give her life to Jesus and her, li her life is going to change forever. You see, we are called to be a testimony, not a testimony. A testimony comes and sits in the seats for the whole duration of their walk. They do nothing else but sit every week, week after week after week after week. You sit down in the seats and don't do nothing for the glory of God. And yet God's done everything for you. And week after week after week after week after year after year after decade after decade and then you die. You never build your testimony because you never own it for the glory of God. You were shaped by God to point people to Jesus. There will always be opposition and there will always be excuses. John the Baptist they asked him, if you're not these people, why are you baptizing? Who do you think you are? My, my wife's grandma, when I started Bible college, they said, well, he's gonna, going to study to be a pastor. And she said, little old frail, Granny Cooper, can he do that? After all he's done. <laughs> yeah, Granny, because Jesus loves him. 
he's going to preach the word of truth because he took, to, he took so many people to the devil. Now he's going to point people to God. I'm going to say a Granny Cooper to you. Can they do that? <laughs> After all the time they've sat on their tush on the seats week after week year after year yes granny cooper they can do that for the glory of god they can do that to be a testimony and not a testimony for god i want the worship team i got one more point i'm not done but I want you guys to take a break from me. I want you to hear this song. And you just sit or stand, whatever you want to do. Just let, just let this song kind of speak to you about you are a testimony for God. Yeah. 
Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony Now I'm alive This is my testimony From death to life Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify testimony we should own our testimony the third takeaway is that we should live our testimony no one can live it out but you are you a living testimony because if you're not dead, he's not done. If you're still breathing, you're still here. That person that you're questioning right now, just hit him one. Just make, are you alive? Are you with us? You know, we, we can say a lot about John the Baptist. He's a grasshopper eating dude. You know, he, uh, he had those skinny jean, camel skin stuff going on. But the greatest thing that we could say, the greatest thing that we could say is that he lived out his testimony. Can that be said about you? Do you want that to be said about you. I love his answer. He said, I baptize. I baptize in water. I won't deny that. But there's someone who stand, stands among you. You don't know him yet, but you will. And he who comes after me, I'm not even worthy to put on his flip-flops. I'm not even worthy to tie that sandal. Let me tell you what, what it takes to live out your, your testimony. Can I tell you what it takes? Humility. You have got to decrease so that Jesus will increase. You, you have to humble yourself to become everything that he wants you to become. And let me tell you, what he will make you is a lot better than what you already are. And the second thing, he says, I baptize in the Jordan. He baptized in the Jordan River. So John didn't say, I need a baptistry. I need a building. I need a, a, a palace. He said, I need 
a river. Give me the Jordan. And I'll say this. We make excuses about, well, I, I don't, I'm not trained enough. You don't need training. You just need Jesus. I, 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 just, I just can't speak eloquently. Oh, uh, excuse me. Look who's speaking right now. I don't speak eloquently. The, the, the second most important thing for you to understand is God wants you to bloom where you're planted. Wherever you're at, you're a testimony. Where God has you building houses, where God has you uh, investing in, in, in people as, as, a, as a nurse, where God has you as a, as a patient, where God has you in a school, wherever he has you, he wants you to bloom and your testimony to be a light. To light up a dark culture, a dark world. I was the first born-again Christian in my whole family. Why me? Because God wanted me to bloom where I was planted. So that he would be glorified through my testimony. I want to invite you today to live out your testimony. I mean, you can start very easily. You can start by, you know, I had one right here. You can be a testimony by just, uh, where are they? I had one of those cards. They're beautiful right here. You can be a testimony by giving someone a card. Who, who's going to have lunch today? Who's going to go have breakfast afterwards or, or you know, lunch or what in between? It's nine. It's an eight forty-five service. So you can, you know, you can give one of these, and when you when you give it, give a good tip to that waitress or that waiter, so that they don't be one of those followers of Jesus that nickel and dime. Tip them for the glory of God. Be a testimony, not a testifony. And then it's a, it's a beautiful invite card that you can give. There's two of them. They're for you to take. We're investing in you. We're, Jesus is investing in you. We had these printed out beautifully for you. And on the back it says, this could change your life forever. Because I believe that Jesus changes lives forever. And there are people in here and there's people that are watching. You need your life changed forever. And I want to invite you to pray to the one that can. Just pray a prayer. Confess today that you're tired of doing life without God. Give your life to Jesus and let him begin to Fix all the brokenness. I, I, I went and talked to someone recently, and I, I said, you know what? There's a lot of breaking going on. They prayed a prayer over me. And they said, fix the cracks that are broken. Fix, you know, because this life is tough. How many of you know that? This life is tough. But there's one who's continually fixing us. And the broken pieces in our life. So if you're here today, and, and, and just raise your hand if you've been broken, if you feel like you've, your life has been out of whack, just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I'm going to confess that. Oh, nobody. Oh, yeah, praise God. There's, there's, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And maybe today 
Some of you will say, I'm going to let Jesus take first place. I'm going to say yes to him. Like, like Angela talked in her testimony about how when God came into their lives, he changed everything for his glory and for good. Simple prayer. God, I am tired of trying to do life without you. But today, I admit that I can't do it, and you can. I admit that I'm a sinner. I fall short, Lord, every day. But I believe that today's a day of destiny. I believe and put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. I believe that he went to the cross and died for all my sins. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day just like the Bible said he would. And so today, I confess him as my Lord and my Savior. Just say that under your breath. And I choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. It's the most powerful confession you could ever make. Now, if you, if you, if you confess that today, just raise your hand so I can just see your hand. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful. I see your hands. Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. God is so incredible. You know, his churches are so, we're so, we're so funny. Because God says in his word, he says, when someone confesses Jesus as Lord, that they do a cumbia in heaven. It says that in my, in my paraphrase. They do this. They might even do salsa. And you know what we do at church? Someone says yes to Jesus. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. God has a wonderful week for you in store. And you made the best choice by making this a first place in the start of your week. Take your invite cards. Bless someone. Invite them. Let them be sitting next to you next week for the glory of God. Let's stand up and sing about being a testimony. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.